All right. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Welcome to At Large Bid, live here at Braxton Brewery. Uh, really excited to be doing this live show. Our first time we've ever done this. Um, really excited we're going to get this going on. Talk about the NCAA tournament. The big dance is here. Best time of the year. So let's go ahead and get started with the panel here, starting with, I guess, to my far right, co-host of At Large Bid, Ryan Lester. How's everybody doing? Are y'all hyped? We can be a little bit louder than that. A little bit louder. There we go. There we go. Also to my right, host of the Be Different podcast, former Xavier basketball player, and color commentator for NKU basketball, Mr. Brad Redford. Thank you, Tim. And then also, if anybody wants to take me on and pop a shot, uh, Tim, I told you I, I was willing to do that. I'm a willing participant. So if anyone, we want to go to the pop a shot, maybe put a wager. I'm a gambling man, so feel free to come up here and or, give me a wager. Or a and, donation. And we'll or, or we can do this for a donation or just directly into my pocket, which I would <laughs> prefer. So. Um, to my left, our newest recruit for at-large bid. We finally got him to say yes after a year of trying. Taylor Bergfeld. Woo! Yeah. How y'all doing? Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. And then down here, we got the host of Shot Callers. He's temporarily filling in while we're waiting for other guests. Thank you. Thank my you. My great friend. I'm, I'm keeping the mic hot for our guy. Here Kyle he Brandon. Hey, hey, what do we know? Coming in is Kevin Johnson. <laughs> I'm a little upset that Kevin stole my pants, but that's okay. Kevin, are you wearing your UC jersey right now? (laughs) All righty, so before we get started, let's get a first off a shout out to Rapport Digital Media. They're helping us out with all this tonight. They've done an awesome job putting this together. Um, We're just going to feel for the room real quick. So we're going to talk about some different teams to start out. Uh, How many NKU fans we got in the building? Any Norseheads? North up? Go Norse. North up? All right, how many uh, how many Louisville fans we got here? Any? Oh, oh, ow! Not oh. too many Chris Mack. That's a good thing. No, okay. no, no Mack we'll, heads. We'll move on quickly. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. How many UC fans do we have in the building? Yeah, yeah. yeah quite a bit of UC. There we go. There we go. Just for just for Brad and I's sake, how many Xavier fans do we have here? All right, right. XAV. Well, it's because everyone's at the uh, the home NIT games. So yeah, they, <laughs> we want to thank the National Invitational Center. Tournament for really talking to us before they planned that game. Appreciate I was, it, I, Tim. I was honestly surprised that anybody came here, c- considering I thought everyone would be watching uh, at the Cintas Center. Yeah, you're right. Tonight, so you're right. That's probably cheap the tickets. Issue. Yeah, you know. there you go. And then, of course, I know it's here. BBN, show us where you're at. How about Kentucky fans? We got in the building. Yeah. Of course. Awesome. Great. Well, this is great. We're really excited to talk about all the local teams to start out. Um, so we're going to start with a couple, just kind of recap everybody. Brad, let's start with NKU. Yeah. Um, in the tournament, second time in three years, Horizon League champions. First off, we get the Drew McDonald shot to beat Oakland, which is unbelievable. And then they go and beat Wright State, who we've seen them struggle with many of times. Talking about this Norse team, I went on Mo's show yesterday. I said they got six guys that can score. Yep. That's their benefit. What do you think when you look at this team? Well, I mean, just I guess a, a wider lens on this is, I mean, John Brandon, the head coach, has done a tremendous job at NKU. He went nine wins in his first year. Then he's been 20 wins plus his last three, two NCAA tournaments. I mean, what, what John's doing at Northern Kentucky is unbelievable. I think if you go back to Xavier you know, 20, 25 years ago, very similar to what you're seeing Northern Kentucky doing right now. And I guess as far as, as the matchup, you talked about that game against Wright State in the Horizon League Championship. I mean, Wright State has kind of had Northern Kentucky's number throughout the years that John has been there. And for Northern Kentucky to dominate the game, 
the way that they did was really impressive. And the matchup against Texas Tech, I mean, they're a big underdog in that game. I think the line on that is like minus 13 or 14, minus, yeah. minus 14. So Texas Tech, not a terrible matchup. Uh, but there's only two 14 seeds, I think, in the last 15 years or so that have made it Sweet 16, so a big challenge. But North Kentucky's got a number of guys that can hit from the three-point line. That's the great equalizer when you're playing against a top team is can you hit enough three-point shots to stay in the game? And Texas Tech has to be a little bit off. Yeah, I think, too, I think uh, for Jared Culver, this is Jalen Tate's game. This is his chance to show how good he is. He was first-team All-Horizon defensively. We've seen Jalen many times. I mean, yeah. he showed out in that right State game on ESPNU. Uh, this is his moment. You know, yeah. This is his chance to show how good he is. Well, Jalen, he's a 6'5 guard. He's long. He, he's athletic. He's the one perimeter player for Northern Kentucky that is a big-time high-major talent. Like, right. If Jalen Tate's playing on a high-major team, he, he's a starter. So that's for Northern Kentucky. They have him. He's kind of their X factor. And then Drew McDonald, he's got to be four threes plus, I think, for them to stay in that game. Drew's got to be about 28 and 15. I think Jalen Tate really has to dominate the pace. Tyler Sharp's got to hit threes. That will give Northern Kentucky an opportunity at the end. Can they keep Chris Vote out of foul trouble? I don't know if they can keep Chris Vote out of foul trouble, but they got to stop Jared Culver. And then Tariq Owens is a big-time shot blocker, transferred from St. John's. So they have you know Texas Tech and Chris Beard. I would argue that he's one of the top five coaches in all of college basketball. I'd expect Texas Tech to be ready and prepared, but Northern Kentucky is not going into this thinking they can't win. They're expecting right. to go to the tournament in advance. Very different as to when they played Kentucky a couple years ago. The best shot was after the Oakland game when Drew hits the buzzer beater. Um, you literally see them in the, in the locker room, and they're celebrating. He goes, we're not done yet. Yeah. A lot louder. We have a microphone, so I don't want to bleed people's ears out. Um, but you knew that Drew was fired up. When they were in that right state game, they were clicking all cylinders. They hit 70% of threes to start the game. Zaniah Robinson was unbelievable in that game. So what are the chances? You want to be like one out of ten, how many they would win? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one out of ten. If we're going miracle on ice, one out of ten, how many chances? God, you put me on the spot here. I'll give you a number. If Northern Kentucky played Texas Tech ten times, I, I think they get one win out of those times. I mean, it used to be, I mean, Texas Tech won a share of the Big 12, extremely talented. Culver is a big-time player. He's going to play at the next level, and, and they defend at such a high level, and they really dominate and control the pace. They've won like 10 out of their last 11. Yeah. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is they've lost to West Virginia in their last game, and West Virginia had a horrendous season. Just well, Bob said not, they weren't not, dead yet. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, so, Huggins I mean, said they like, showed the classic video. All right, Norse Nation, is this the 1 out of 10 third Friday or what? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 1 out of 10. This is the Friday? 1 out of 10? This is the 1? We'll take it. So, KJ, Kevin Johnson, first off, thank you for joining us, man. Happy to have you. Thanks for having me. So, the Bearcats basically get a home game in Columbus to start the tournament. Do you know anything about Iowa? Um, I know a little bit. I mean, a pretty solid Big Ten team. Got about three guys that score in double digits. Solid overall team. But, I mean, you know what to expect from a Big Ten team. I mean, physical, play a little bit of inside out. Um, they got size as well. My thing is, I think we match up pretty well. Jaron Cumberland has been on fire lately. Yeah, he's pretty good. Of course, that's, that's, that's he's the pretty, uh, He's pretty average. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's all right. You know, 34 20 on point guy. Um, so we expect him to do a lot for us as well. And as long as he's going, as long as our freight train is going, I feel pretty confident in getting a win against Iowa. So you've played in this scenario. The yeah. same coach is there. You've had Mick. What is Mick like getting ready for the tournament? So I've had two experiences. So. The experience I want to talk about was first with Coach Davis, uh, my yeah. sophomore season when we went and played Purdue, um, which was kind of a similar team, a similar matchup here with the whole Tennessee next. We had Kentucky next after that uh, uh, overtime game against uh, Purdue. 
Well, like I say, uh, Coach Davis, I liked his approach. Uh, the, the way he wanted to win was just let us play. You got to let players be big-time players here at this moment. You can't really overcoach these games because they come down to, honestly, big moments and big shots. Um, so as, as long as Cronin let those guys just play, I feel like we got a good chance. So one of the things we pointed out we really liked about UC going to this tournament was senior guards. Yeah. Justin, Jennifer, Kane, Broom, guys who have been experienced, they've been around for a while. When you have those guys to look to, you had that with Troy Copain, you yeah. had Sean Kilpatrick, you've had a lot of really good players to play with. How big is that in that situation? That's good. So composure is a big thing, man. It'll be a lot of lights. It'll be, you know, a lot of emotions going on out there. But when you got two senior guards who are allowed to control the game, we'll be fine. So uh, no turnovers. Justin Jennifer is probably leading the country here in assist to turnover ratio still, if I'm pretty sure. Um, so with those guys leading the way, we'll be fine. We just, uh, in my opinion, should play inside out more. Now, Sierra Brooks here in the tournament was almost averaging a double-double. Trey Scott averaged a double-double here in the AAC tournament. I think interior scoring is the, is the big glue and the main source to us winning these close games. So what's their ceiling? It's tough. It's, it's, as far as, what, next round, Tennessee? That'll be a good matchup. You got Columbus in your That'll favor. Be a good matchup. I mean, that's the one benefit. Whew. Tennessee is a really good team, man. So I, first, I'm going to focus on Iowa. Focus on <laughs> Iowa first. We'll figure out Tennessee when we bump up. But like I said, Schofield and the, the Tennessee unit is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you kind of like alluded to it. You said like when you played, you guys played Purdue. You looked yeah. ahead to Kentucky. Like, is that that's something that you know, Jaron and all them like, are they already looking ahead to Tennessee? Like, how do you like keep your mind fresh on Iowa? I know it's a little bit different, like obvious situations, but. Yeah. 100%. I do think those guys are seeing that out in Tennessee. Uh, definitely got eager when they saw that draw. However, like I say, Iowa is one of those teams in the Big Ten. They play great great games, game in, game out. So these guys will come prepared. We have to take it a game at a time. And I think we got a shot at being Iowa and moving yeah. on. Sure. Yeah. So Ryan um, here, I know he's wearing a North Carolina jersey, but he also grew up in Louisville for a little while, lived down there. So Chris Mack's first year. I don't know if you know, the guy sitting next to you played for Chris Mack. So you know him pretty well? Uh, relatively, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> okay. So no t very little talent this year, obviously, compared to what he's going to have. Absolutely. Um, obviously, they lose the game to Kentucky, which is probably the big game they had circled. Um, but Christian Cunningham came through big. They got a big win against Michigan State. Yep. They got the big win at Chapel North Hill. Atlanta, at Chapel Hill, yeah. So Wolf. looking at this team, you know, obviously they had a big lead on Duke and blew it. But what, what do you feel from this season? What do we take away from Louisville? Um, I mean, obviously, I think they probably performed a little bit better than what we would expect them to. But, you know, with Chris Mack, I'm a big believer of Chris Mack and what he has and everything that he believes with his program. And I think the biggest thing that you can kind of see with this team is they somehow he figures out how to get all of his players, no matter where he's at, to buy in. Um, I guess you could probably speak to that pretty well. Um, but, you know, we don't know what kind of team you're going to get with Louisville. You may get a 20-point victory over North Carolina Louisville, or you may not. You know, you might get the second half of Duke. You really have no idea. And I guess, you know, it's going to be dependent on Nora, how good he goes, because they go as far as he goes. But, you know, as far as they, their defense, I think that's going to be one of their biggest things that they can hold their hat on this year. Um, I guess from the outside looking in, I would like to ask you, um, you know, how can he really prep them to come into a game because obviously it's going to be a huge game with baby Patino there. Um, there's going to have all that around it. Yeah, I mean, that matchup, yeah, Patino versus Louisville, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> yeah. And, 
uh, in my podcast, we asked uh, what Rick Bettina would be drinking before the game. And we all pretty much, we all said uh, bourbon and maybe a little bit of pappy. Okay. Uh, maybe okay. start out pappy, yeah. with a, a Bloody Mary or something. Okay. That, that'll, be, that'll be slick Rick in a scarf. Would he be just, in the white suit? Just don't suit? let him in an Italian restaurant, right? Uh, he's not going in the white suit. He's, okay. wearing, he's wearing that maroon and gold scarf. Okay. That's what he's going to okay. be. Okay. But as far as Chris, I mean, Chris has done a great job. Yeah. I mean, and Louisville's shown that they can beat anybody. Oh, I mean, they're, they beat Michigan State at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Duke on the ropes. They won at Carolina. So, I mean, it's a team that's very capable. Chris is one of the best coaches in game situations mm-hmm. in the country. There's no doubt about it. You go back to the game at Xavier, they played Arizona in the Sweet 16. I mean, he absolutely outcoached Sean Miller minute by minute in that game. And you had a Xavier team just pretty much outman an Arizona team that had tremendous talent Absolutely. over the Musketeers. So, I mean, Chris Mack knows how to prepare in short periods as well. Mm-hmm. His staff is fantastic, and that does go a long way in these games. Like, Absolutely. With Chris, uh, Dino Gaudio, Luke Murray, Mike Pegues, like that whole staff, like that is a veteran staff with head coaches all across the board, and, and they've shown it this year. Their toughness defensively. I think their ability like, not to be afraid of anybody, mm-hmm. and they've shown that, I think, throughout this year. Uh, but yeah, I expect a lot from Chris. I think they'll be a tough out in the tournament. You yeah. see Minnesota. I have Louisville beat Minnesota, losing to Same. Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, just because Cassius Winston, I think, is the X factor in that yeah. second-round game. But I, th- I think Louisville's ceiling Did to me. Did you get plans right? Did you get them right? They could definitely yeah. beat Michigan yeah. State, but because they've already done it this year. But I think Michigan State's playing at too high of a level. Cassius Winston is one of the best players in the country. I think he's the kind of the X factor in that game. So Louisville beat Michigan State this year. I don't know if you remember at the Yum Center in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? You don't think Lightning can strike twice in that scenario? You just think with the way Winston's playing and the way Tillman's playing, they got Nick Ward back. Yeah, and I think Cash is just playing at such a high level right now. And if you go back to that game at the beginning of the year, that went into overtime. I mean, it took all of Louisville's strength to take down that Michigan State team. I just, I just like the Spartans in that. Um, no disrespect to Chris Mack. I played for Chris for four years, but I, I like Michigan State in that second round. So we're going to get to that part of the show is we're going to ask Kevin and uh, Brad some tournament memories about playing in these. I know we all prep questions for that. Um, but the last team, obviously, is Kentucky. So Taylor. Yeah. Um, Go Cats. I think the, the slip at the end of the year is my fault. Yeah. So sorry, BBN. What happened was when Kentucky demolished Tennessee at home, I literally went on at-large bid, and I said they should be the number one overall seed. And after that, um, things didn't go the way. So um, I take full responsibility for that. I apologize. But with that being said, Taylor, the way Ryan's put this team all year, and I really, I really agree with it, is they're a national championship defense with a Sweet 16 offense. Yeah, I mean, if Kelton Johnson keeps hitting threes, and I mean, Tyler Hero is pretty consistent on the wing and kind of and at the late game with the free throws. But I think Kentucky's like, I, I mean, I know Duke gets all the coverage and all the credit, but I think Kentucky's the most complete team. Barring if P.J. Washington is fully healthy, because the reports came out that he's in a walking boot, just for precautionary measures. But um, I never—that's not what you want to hear going into the tournament, especially when they play Friday. Um, but I mean, it starts with the key. It's like Ashton Agins. Ever since they got rid of uh, Quade Green when he tr- decided to transfer out from Lexington and go to Washington, um, the team's really elevated and gone better. Like Ashton Agins is like. I think he's the best on-ball defender. I know Trey Jones gets a lot Agreed. of the coverage for it, but I think Ashton is the best. He locked up Kobe White, locked up like uh, Kate Cunningham, like I mean Bryce or what's the kid's name from Auburn, Jared Harper. Yeah. I mean he's put every, like he's locked all these guys up. Um, he's done a great job on that. And then like I said, m- mentioned earlier, Tyler Hero, um, you know, coming in, going to Wisconsin. People didn't really expect him to be a stud for him, but he's I mean he knocks down outside shots, gets to the lane, kind of does it all. Keldon Johnson's a great like driver. Um, 
you know, they got PJ and Reed Travis, two guys that they can lean on in the post. I think that's kind of the best like four or five duo they have in college right now. Um, I think that, I mean I think UK's ceiling. I think they're a Final Four team. I, I really do. They I know they got routed earlier this year against Duke in the Champions Classic, but I think if they get back and get their revenge in the championship game against Duke, I think it'll go a different way for them this year. So. So you're saying you, a beloved North Carolina Tar Heel fan, is yeah. saying that Kentucky's a Final Four team over UNC? Uh, I mean, not in my bracket, but I wouldn't be surprised against it. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, like Carol, I met earlier in December in Chicago. Um, Kentucky won 80-72. I mean, Ashton Higgins did a great job on Kobe White, locked him up. He had seven points, like six turnovers, really bad game. Um, I don't really trust Carolina's interior defense. So P.J. Washington and Reed Travis over like a Luke May and Garrison Brooks, like, it's gonna go. It's not gonna go our way nine times out of ten. So, um, I mean, Kentucky's like I said, they're a solid team. But yeah, it would hurt watching them beat us in the Elite Eight if we get that far. But yeah, I guess I'll take the Cats to go to the Final Four. So, I think they still really hurt from the Luke May shot. Yeah, favorite memory. So yeah, so I get that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think you know of the teams we talked about, obviously they're the highest ceiling. Yeah. Um, the Final sure. Four is not out of reach for them. The possibility of playing in the national title. I know it's a popular pick right now in the Carolina thing. How do you guys feel about that potential match? How do you feel? I mean, they got to get through Houston. That's a right. good team. And their second-round game. I mean, That region's murderer's Seton, row. Seton Hall beat them earlier in the year. Miles um, Powell went crazy. It was like it was like an overtime game that UK had hit a full-court shot that sent it to overtime, um, and Seton Hall kind of pulled that one out. But Wofford's tough. Fletcher McGee, and they shoot a lot of yeah. threes. Kind of a team, like, if it comes down to Wofford and Kentucky, I think you know a lot of the average college basketball fans are going to be pulling for Wofford. It'll be a game that it'll be really exciting. But they got a tough road to get through because, like you just mentioned, like you know they get the winner of Iowa State, Houston, and the Sweet 16. And Houston's a senior guard team, and so it's you know freshman against senior. Kind of the ongoing debate it always happens for UK. So they got a tough road, but I think if they they get out of it, they'll benefit themselves. So. All right, so before we go on, talk to our next segment. I want to make sure we shout out again. Um, if you see the Cincinnati Bengals can here. Uh, this is what Braxton supplied. This is where you are taking our funds for our fundraiser for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Like I said, if you're just coming in late, we've already raised $500, so we're really excited about yeah, that. Um, and I'm going to see if Kevin's in, but Brad has already agreed. Anyone that takes a donation, he'll play in Papa Shot. Absolutely. I, I will, uh, I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm, I'm very good at shooting the basketball. <laughs> uh, my skill's a little bit limited on Papa Shot, but just uh, you know, give me about five, six seconds to really lock it in. I, I feel pretty smoke. comfortable. My nephew's right, already we'll out. We'll My we'll nephew's getting ready for hey, you out there. Tim, we did not talk about Ohio State. Do we have Buckeye fans here? Okay. okay. So we got, okay. okay. Let's try this real quick. Crowd. What about Mick Cronin talking about UC invading Columbus? What did you guys think about that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hendy, I know you're a little bit of a talker. What did you think about that? He said Little Mick. Should we I don't try disagree. It? I don't Should we disagree. Try it? He does. Let's well, try it real quick. quick. See? You saw it on a daily basis. It's I'm okay. not going to ask you. We're in the same boat. Even though I play for him, I'm in most of the boats that you guys are in. <laughs> don't worry. No worries. All right, since we do have Ohio State people here, we'll try this real quick. If it fails, we'll just go to the next segment. OH! Oh, there we go. Well done. <laughs> Ow, that really hurt me to do that. I won't do it ever again. So who, who are they? Oh, they play Iowa State. They got Iowa State. Yeah. Nice. That's a tough one out the gates. That is. Tough Big 12 team playing really well late here. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the game. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about some tournament memories. We're going to talk about some of our favorite ones. We have two guys that have played in it before. And, Kevin, I actually really wanted to bring you into this because, like, yeah. in your four years at UC, you literally had the most unluckiest draws of all time. You get undefeated Kentucky literally. in the second round. Literally. 
You get Lonzo Ball and UCLA in the second round. Was yep. LeVar there? Did he say anything to you? Nah, nah, no. I don't remember actually seeing LeVar at the game, but Le- Lonzo Ball had a really good game. Yeah. If you guys want to had talk really about the game. Ball, I love the Ball family. <laughs> I know. See, LeVar Ball is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Best so if, we do, if you want to go into detail about the Balls, and we'll dive in. I said, I said if I could go back to senior night and have one person be there as a fan and then go out with after, it'd be LeVar Ball and the whole crew. Sorry, I had to interrupt. No, that. no, I love it. I, I love it. Let everybody know I I am a huge, huge no, he's Ball in the family fan. I, I if Levar Ball is watching this, and I know we're live here, <laughs> Shout I out tweet at him like every day. Just I want to be a part of it. <laughs> we'll move on. So, Kevin, what's really cool is yesterday is actually the four year anniversary of said Purdue game. Yeah. So the inbound, the infamous inbound play where you inbound the Troy Copain. Yeah. He comes down, hits the shot to kind of take it to OT. Yeah. What was that play like? What was that scenario like for you guys? Well, it was crazy because the play before it, it was a play before it. I hit a big-time three. I came down and nailed it. We might have been down seven. I might have came down and nailed a three within that possession. And I think we came down, hit two free throws, and then Troy came down and hit that bucket. I mean, it's just March Madness for you. I, I don't. Nothing was designed. It was honestly like uh, just do whatever works. Do whatever works. That's where we was at at that point, just trying to figure out how to beat Purdue here at the end, uh, which is a really good team with uh, A.J. Hammonds, uh, who d- played really well that game. Is that a and Hummel they, team? Yeah, they had uh, Haas as well, yeah. um, who was a freshman at the time. So a pr- pretty solid Purdue team. But like I said, that, that's NCAA for you. Troy Copain came down, hit a big-time shot for us, sent it into overtime, and we was able to nip him right there at the end. Um, but then we had to go see an undefeated, what, 37 or 34-0 <laughs> Kentucky team. Five, with, uh, five NBA players. With the platoon system at the time, with more than five NBA players. We just starting so, five with NBA players. You played against the platoon system. Yeah, platoon wow. system. That's, I think so it's the only Devin Booker they... came off the bench. That's right. Tyler Eulis came off the bench. Jeez. Lee came off the bench. You guys had zero chance. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. No chance. <laughs> So with that being said, you know, uh, it was a pretty good game it was until, close to that uh, point, wasn't it? yeah, until Willie Collystein came down and dunked on Quadri Moore, <laughs> and that changed the whole so momentum. I you mean, guys, so like I said, you beat Purdue, yeah, and you had like that huge game. You have a huge. It comes down to the wire, yeah, and then you go to the locker room. Is Mick like that was great, guys? Um, we got Kentucky now. So you got to think, Mick wasn't there. It was Davis That's was right. the coach that year. So actually, Mick just reached out to us through a via FaceTime at the time, congratulated us. And was basically just kind of gave us a scouting report of who was playing next was Kentucky. Um, however, he was not there. So it was just a lot of celebration uh, with Coach Davis stepping in, being the interim Wait, coach. Wait, so Mick FaceTimed in the locker via, room? Yeah, via, via, via Does he look yeah. smaller on FaceTime? Or? <laughs> just, just more head, just, just long head. That's it. That's all you saw. I actually uh, got to ask Mick <laughs> questions this year at the uh, NKU game. How was that? I my heart literally beat through the microphone because I was like, so you know, like I've been around a lot of coaches yeah. for what I do, but like with him, I was like, never talked to him, and I actually ended up asking about Jalen Tate. He's like, well, you know, his dad played here, and I was like, I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> I have like, a question. I have a question for you. I'm just very shoot, curious. Here. Shoot it out. You don't have to answer if you don't want. But okay, so Mick, after losses, yeah. like like most coaches, they don't talk about their players, right? Like at, at the college level, especially. So like when when you guys lose a game. Like after you've been playing well, and like he goes after you guys in the media, do you do you guys talk about that? Like, does that is that talked about? Yeah, I'm just like curious. It just <laughs> seems odd to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely talked about. Um, it's a lot of things that you might want to do to him off the court. Um, yeah. That's talked about it's as well. Odd, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. And back to what you were saying about interviewing. So I had to interview him for 700 WLW. Yeah. And it was, he used to be my coach, and sometimes I can't fathom to ask him certain questions. And we used to be player coach, so I understand. It's something Chris, different, Chris, man. Chris, a, Chris Max the same way, though. Because I, I had to interview Chris like yeah. during his time at Xavier, and we had the same thing. He was just like, tough guy. It's a tough guy to deal with. I, I don't even know how to ask him questions. So, Hey, Kevin, what was your record against Xavier by, uh, by, by chance? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but I do want to talk about actually, what happened this year. We know what happened this year. We know what happened. So Blind Squirrel yeah, finds a nut every once in a while. I, I went one for I'm one for three, man. I only won my senior year. That's all that matters then. With right? that being said, Xavier did have some pretty good teams in my time. So I'm a, I'm gonna give them credit. Uh, like I said, Chris Mack is a great coach and he, he does a wonderful job coaching that specific game. I feel like uh, over my years, I I do feel like they came in very very prepared. So shout out to Xavier, man. Uh, beat beat me up a few times. Kind of like alluding back to the tournament, you said, who would you say, like, you've been to the tournament, what, three times? Yeah, yeah. four times. Four times. Uh, I I every year. Yeah. 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 Uh, who would be the best, like, NBA pro- – who was the best player you played against in the tournament, like, that turned out to be good in the pros or, like, vice versa? Yeah, who was in someone the that, that didn't get a lot of credit. My, my uh, junior year, St. Joe's, DeAndre Brimbry. Yeah. He was oh, yeah. Stud. Oh, he was sick. A problem. Was that when Octavius dunked problem. it and it didn't count it? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was that game that at the good. end. Yeah. But DeAndre Brimbley, I mean – Hands down, man, he gave us a lot of problems. I mean, he probably self-defeated us that game himself. So um, really one of the great players. And, of course, my freshman year with the UConn team that won that year, Sebastian Napier, Ryan Boatwright duo, uh, little guard duo there was something special to guard uh, and and play against as well. They got hot at the right time, so. Yeah, also one of those big moments uh, you guys probably might remember is the the full court shot. Yeah, Yeah. overtime. That was uh, pretty crazy as well, and I don't believe that should have been counted. Uh, you thought you had it by yourself? You had yeah, your own that should have been a game. It, yeah. That was a game, but. He walked. He walked when he caught it. Three steps. I, I, just, I just didn't know you could get <laughs> a shot off. I don't even remember the time, but it, I didn't know you could get a shot off in that time with steps. So yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of those controversy, March Madness things, man, we could talk about all day. Yep. All right, so I got a question. I don't know if anybody knows this year, but a guy named Zion Williamson had a shoe blowout this year. Yeah. Okay. I don't. It's a big deal, but <laughs> what? What I, what I have a question, or my question for you guys is, what's your favorite shoe to hoop in, respectively? Brad had some Ooh. dope shoes. He was a I Nike know. athlete. Yeah, he was Nike man. He was yeah. loving it over yeah, there. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when I could get free shoes, like, I didn't care about them, and Ain't now I actually care about <laughs> Look, getting free shoes. I do shoes. too. I understand. So, that. like, when I was playing, it was just about complete comfort. Like, I really didn't care what I was wearing, and then now yeah. I want more shoes. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wore whatever Nike had that year. Like, I had LeBron's one year. I wore Jordan's one year, and it was just honestly for me when I was playing, it was like what's comfortable. And because I was a shooter, I have OCD, so it was like. If I shoot well in these shoes, I'm just going to wear them forever. And that was pretty much how it went. So, you guys so had, that probably wasn't a very see, good answer. Oh, you guys had the flyest piece. So you're, you're saying you didn't have a shoe specifically designed for your foot? Uh, not, not that I'm uh, okay. aware of now. I don't, I don't I, think I was I will say, that important. I think I liked uh, Under Armour more than I like Adidas. Really? Okay. I, I, will, I will go with that. I got to say as personally, as comfort, 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 yeah. comfort wise, um, durability. And uh, even even uh, as far as just getting the shoes in, I mean, they get them in fast to you. You get run through them, tear them up, but you always get new ones. So uh, it, as a basketball player, playing in some new, nice, comfy shoes are always good. Well, you were there right when the Cur- Curry signed, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I had the, the Curry deal. So we get the Curry ones, two, three, four. You didn't um, wear the Curry twos that look like dad shoes? 
No, actually, oh yeah, I was a Curry. Yeah, I was Curry. I'm thinking, I was thinking the wrong person. But yeah, so uh, it was good for what it was. So Brad, I know you and I have been friends for a while now. I think every time we talk, the Kansas State game comes up. Hey, always. So G- Gus Johnson's calls in those games. Dude, were you got Gus Johnson to do a call for you. I like, did, yeah. That's he, epic. he profiles you in the game. He's like, Brad Redford coming yeah. in. He's a shooter. Yeah, he's a great guy. He and basically could have just been like, Brad Redford's in. He's white. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, yeah, when, when you're white and six feet tall, you do have a ceiling. Uh, I learned that, <laughs> learned that very quickly. And I remember, like, my first open gym at Xavier. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be – it's going to be tough. But, no, that Gus Johnson game was fantastic. Gus just wears jeans, and he wears Jordans, and he leans his feet up on the table while he calls the game. No joke. Like, if you go watch Gus Johnson, he will do that for half the game. But he's, he's that good. He's like one of those guys who's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Like, that guy is phenomenal. Big-time voice. Yes. So your team was sick. You had, like, six, seven guys that could score counting you. Yeah. And then you play a really good Kansas State team in the Sweet 16. You guys take them to double, over, double overtime. Yep. There was a moment when you and I were talking about it I didn't even think about. And at the end of the regulation, you pull your hand away from a potential three-point shot for Kansas State to get the lead. And because of that, you guys go to overtime. So, like, going through that game, living in that moment, what was that experience like? That was, like, one of the few games when you're in the game, you're like, damn, like, this is, this is pretty crazy. Like, it, it was – the shots that two Holloway, Jordan Crawford on the Xavier side, and then Denny Clemente and Jacob Pollen on the K State side were hitting was like was, it was insane. I remember in the, Jordan Crawford hit a shot from about like eight feet behind the three point line to tie the game and take it into double OT. And there was about five seconds left on the clock. And Denny Clemente for Kansas State was one of the quickest players in college basketball. And he kind of like I met him like at half court. And I was like, I didn't want to follow him, so I just kind of let him go. He put up a shot, thankfully missed. We ended up losing it in double overtime. But although we lost, that is definitely still one of the games that I look back and say, man, it was pretty cool to be a part of that game. If you guys ever get a chance, um, Sports Reference actually takes win probability from games. I sent this to you. And, like, the win probability is, like, because it's blue and purple for the team. So Xavier's is, like, here. Kansas State's is here. Xavier's is back up. Kansas State's goes here. Like, the whole game is just like this the whole time until the end. The best part of the game, too, for me was, like, Chris brings you in. There's, I think, four minutes to go. And that's literally Gus goes, Brad Redford, he's in. He's a shooter. Immediately, you hit a three. Like, immediately. And he's like, Redford, deep, got it. And it was like, cool. And now I'm like, I'm friends with that guy, you know? (laughs) It's a... Like, being a shooter, it's, like, one of those roles, like, when you play on a, a really good team. And the years I was at Xavier, we were always in the top 20. And it was like, hey, that was, that was my role, and I accepted it, and I did it. Um, and I got to play in three Sweet 16s. The first year was awesome. We played, well, I call it the Boston Garden, but TD Waterhouse in Boston. Mm-hmm. And we had Pittsburgh down late in the second half. And then uh, we were playing again. They were the one seed. It was Dewan Blair, LeVance Fields. Uh, and I kind of had a similar moment. LeVance Fields was driving – Late in the game, he got a steal. I ended up not following him. And then all the way to the Final Four, it was one of those one-shining moments with LeVance Fields making a shot and me not following him. And then the last year we played Baylor. Baylor kind of took advantage of us a little bit. But Were you on the team that played Notre Dame that beat him? Yes, I was on that team I thought as well. So. Yep, yep. That was a lane violation, by the way, just so you know. I, see, I, don't, I barely remember that game. That, so that was my first, like, my first year back off my uh, knee reconstruction. and. So for me, that was my worst year playing-wise. So that whole year, I kind of try to try to forget about personally. Yeah. So for the other team here, my guys, Ryan, you know, favorite NCAA tournament moments. What's one that jumps out to you that you just always have to talk about? 
Um, I think kind of like I talked about on the uh, on our podcast, uh, the year Mateen Cleves rolled his ankle. Uh, you know, it's one of those moments where you kind of remember where you were at. I was actually down at Kentucky Lake on spring break with my grandfather, and uh, you know it happened. And I remember going back out and kind of replaying the whole thing over again because he came back. Just you know, one of those moments where you're like, oh man, is he going to come back? Is he not? Because he was having a crazy good tournament, and uh, you know. It was just amazing. I think they went on to win the tournament that year, too. So it was just one of those things where one of my favorite moments that I've had that I can remember. One, because it's sentimental with my grandpa. But then it's just, like I said, just one of those cool moments that happen. Yeah. So I'll tell one I think is pretty funny. My dad's here, so he can attest to this. Um, I played, like, a sixth-grade intramural game. Like, and uh, I scored, like, seven points. And at the end of the game, it was our last game. My dad's like, how many points did you score this year? I was like, 44? And then Tayshawn Prince played that night in the second round. He scored 47 points, and I went, okay, I'll never play college basketball. Got it. Fair enough. In 10 games, I scored 44. He scored 47 in, like, 36 minutes. <laughs> so I knew then that I was never going to have a test to the level. And then, um, of course, a couple years ago, Xavier's 11 seed beating Arizona. No offense, Brad, but I'm not a Sean Miller guy. No, that's fine. I, I don't care. I played for Sean for one year, and he left, so I have no allegiance to Sean at all. So, like, beating Sean was, like, beautiful to me. It was absolutely awesome. <laughs> Taylor? Um, mine are kind of different. Um, I'm a North Carolina fan, so kind of always been growing up. I've been to three Final Fours in my life. Uh, I went in 2010 to Indy when Duke won it. I went 2013 when Louisville won it, and I went again in 2015 when Duke won it. So I've kind of, like, vouched to myself I'll never go to a Final Four again if Duke's there. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go. Um, but probably going in, like, 2013, my uncle and I, we followed Louisville. Um, they're like, their regionals were in Lexington and then Indy and then in Atlanta. And, like, my uncle and I went to those, like, just kind of being, like, at the atmosphere. I remember, like um, – Marquette and Vander Blue beat like uh, Bucknell, like on a buzzer beater, like just small memories like that. Like always going to the games and stuff. They're kind of my favorite. Um, my least favorite is Chris Jenkins' buzzer beater shot against North Carolina in the 2016 National Championship game. But uh, we got it back the next year. But yeah, I'll never forget where I was at when that one happened. So that kind of hurt. So other than that, it's just every year the first couple days are the best days to watch. So those are kind of my favorite. I'm just curious, who who you guys got winning? I got the heels. Okay. Clear, all clearly. clearly. I got Carolina mine. Well, I was with you yeah. Sunday, and you did not pick a national champion. You picked yeah, now, right? I, yeah, I'm going with Virginia. Wow. I'm Same Virginia. here. You're a good man. Yeah, yeah, I picked Virginia. Virginia as well. Okay, you're Virginia? I okay. got Virginia. Revenge. Okay, yeah, I'm Virginia. I don't, just because you guys play doesn't mean you know everything, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going with Virginia, man. Yeah, my um, perfect bracket last year would say different, but um, <laughs> it's a new year. I just like Virginia's path. I, I, I just like Do we everybody that in there. The ACC deserve three number just one seeds. Just about. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's three number one seeds? I mean, yeah, I know, right? I mean, okay, who should have got the number one seed over Michigan one of those three ACC teams? Michigan State. Yeah. Oh, they would have been. They would have been in, the, in that. Contest. I think if Tennessee would have won, they would have bumped Tennessee, Carolina out. Yeah. Like, if they would have bumped Carolina out. If, if they would have won, two. then they would, they would have been a number one seed. Yeah. I would have thought one SEC team. Kind, yeah. of like, okay, kind of like what you said, Virginia's like region, it's, they're all teams that fit their MO. Like, you look at Wisconsin, they slow it down, yeah. they play it like that. Yeah. I mean, and that then, South region has to be one of the ugliest regions ever put together. In yes. NCAA. I'm going to take every I mean, under in I mean, all Virgi- those games. Virginia, Kansas State is ugly. Villanova's pretty. Purdue's ugly. Cincinnati is uh you know, grindy out. I mean, that's, that's the typical. Cumberland's game, is not, the typical. Cumberland's game is not ugly at all. You know? Cumberland, I enjoy like 
I like JJ. I think JJ's a fine player. And Tennessee is ugly too. I don't care. That's an ugly team as well. That whole, that whole that whole bracket is just it should be called the ugly I, south. I kind of feel like that over here as far as the west as well. The only two offensive teams I see in my opinion is Nevada and Gonzaga. Yep. Texas Tech they kind of offset it. Uh, Texas Tech. Well, they're going to lose. They're so. defensive minded as well. They just yeah, can score. Yeah, yeah. We're going west now. Nah, you got some athletes. Yeah. I'm going to need you to put some more respect on Ja's name. You know the, the Morant. Morant States <laughs> is what we call them. Morant State. So let's start with the East. Actually, this is. I mean, I know that the two guys around me will say no way, but Duke obviously gets the easiest reach, and we all agree with that, right? Oh yeah. Like there's no doubt about it. Virginia Tech scares me a little bit if they get yeah. there, but Justin Robinson. However, back, the so. UCF matchup isn't bad. Taco Fall, the length that they play with. Very defensive-minded. They play this zone that is very agonizing to a lot of teams. you got to beat them outside with the perimeter shot. If you don't, UCF will be a tough game for a lot of people. If Zion dunks on team, Taco, man. it's going to be nuts. Well, and LSU pays all their players, so they should be pretty good. Because <laughs> they're, all, they're all professionals. LSU has become a professional college team, which is exciting for everyone to see a, a professional team yeah. in the NCAA tournament for at least, as we know, is the first time. I think um, but, yeah, they should be pretty good too. Will like Wade's uh, Will Wade's like report is probably my favorite ever in a college basketball recruiting scandal. The fact that Christian Dawkins had a wiretap on him is pretty amazing. So let's talk about this. So we did myself, Taylor, and Ryan on Sunday. If you check out Forty Minutes Network you can check out. We actually did our Selection Sunday immediate reaction show. Apparently, you guys did one too at the news station. Oh, uh, yeah, Sunday yeah. night. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did that a lot at yeah, 11.30. we did a lot. So I've had time to think about it, so I want to talk real quick. Let's start with the East, guys. You know, we've mentioned Duke, Virginia Tech, who, like, like, like Kevin said, plays a like, really good defense. LSU, Yale, I think that's a 14 seed that's, a lot of, that's really popular right now mm-hmm. because of the Will Wade scandal. Um, Michigan State, Bradley, we know what's going to probably happen there. But that Louisville-Minnesota game really intrigues me in the case of it really feels like the ultimate coin flip in this region. Because Louisville, obviously, they have like guys that are really good players. You know, Christian Cunningham, Jordan Awara, um, VJ King. These guys have been in these situations before. Ryan McMahon, but this Minnesota team is really well coached. They were probably Tatum. the last Big East team to get in. I mean, the Big Ten team to get in, but they play good ball. They so, do. you know, when you look at this game, Kevin, what do you what do you see that jumps out to you? Um, honestly, what I see about this game is it, it'll come down to those big shots, big plays. Uh, this 7-10 matchup, just like the 8-9 matchup, nine times out of ten, the teams match up fair overall. Um, these games come down to who makes less mistakes, who makes that one big shot. Um, that's the cool thing about the 7 7-10, 8-9 matchups. But when I look at these teams, that's all I can tell. I can just honestly say I, I think it will be a player or two to that will just stand out and, and one of these teams will be able to advance on. So you've played in a 7-10 game. Yeah, that's a tough one. So when you get that bid, when you see on Selection Sunday that that's the bid you get, you know it's evenly matched. You yeah. know you're not like a 4 versus a 13. Mm-hmm. You know you're not a 3 versus a 14. You know the team you drew is competitive. Yep. So when you when this situation, obviously Cincinnati's in that situation too, which we'll get to a little later, yeah. um, you know you got to kind of bring your A game, right? You 100%. You 100%. you got to go in and understand what the scouting report is because you got to take away what these guys do best, number one. Take away what they do best and, and try to minimize those possessions in the game to where it's just literally coming down to one steal or one big shot and give yourself a chance to win. But we know how March Madness is, man. It's, it's a little bit of luck involved in this as well. So these guys got to just go out and play. Got to just go out and play. All right, so I will say, Brad, um, my most likely upset here is Belmont. 
I know they won last night. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out Adam Kunkel, Cooper High School represent. Yeah. Got did, did some big things last night. At a Conk. Freshman played all Saw game. That. Yeah. No, I like Bel- I got Belmont in my Sweet 16. I had that before they won last night. I did they, too. Everybody they else like Dale over at LSU. It's just I can't. Those guys study too much. Right. They just. And LSU's got bags. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, to me, LSU's going to dominate that. Yale's too. They're they're in the library way too much. But then I got <laughs> Belmont beating LSU. I have a hard That's time fair. in a first round picking against Javante Smart. Yeah, oh, you can't do it. Especially with the way LSU kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch. Like sometimes those teams that are talented and struggle down the stretch, they just they play really well in those opening rounds. Yeah. So I, and you know Seth Greenberg wants to take Yale, and you know he's a big ACC uh, guy, yeah. but take, take LSU, yeah, and you'll LSU. be happy for it. They'll get that one. They'll get that one. What do you think about Liberty? Liberty, uh, I mean, I watched the Liberty Lipscomb game. It was a very, very competitive game. Uh, you know, Mississippi State struggled. They got Nick Witherspoon, Quindary Witherspoon, uh, Eric Coleman, who's from the state of Kentucky. They're, they're just so inconsistent. They have a lot of talent. Um, don't really know. They haven't really clicked, kind of like Brad's saying. Like a lot of teams, they get towards the SEC tournament, and they kind of fall apart. Um, you know, there's always a 5-12 upset, so I, I'm just, I picked that one as my 5-12 upset. But um, Liberty can shoot, and they slow it down, which – you know, they, you know, they make teams turn it over. So a team like Mississippi State where if things start, start going their way early in the game, they could kind of fold, and I see Liberty winning that game. I have them in my bracket, but um, like I said, it's kind of a toss-up in those games. So. What is his name? Weatherspoon for Mississippi State? Yeah, yeah if, if he gets going early, I, I feel like he, he's the guy, the heart and soul of that team. And when he's going offensively, Mississippi State is really, really dangerous when they're shooting the ball really well from the perimeter. But outside of that, I kind of got an upset there with Liberty and Mississippi State. Here, just not playing in sync here lately. Um, I think Liberty is a team, like you said, slow it down. They can shoot the ball well as well. And I think they'll give them a run for their money. So, Riggs isn't here, but I invited Riggs to come out. Um, Where is Riggs? I don't know. I watched the whole Friday night of games at Riggs' place. Yeah. And Riggs and, is hysterical. Do you guys follow Barstool Riggs? Yeah, I do. On Twitter? Yeah. That dude, just he literally is in his basement. For like 10 hours a day watching basketball, and people just come in and out of his basement. So I, I, so I usually go over to his Tough place life. to watch the games. It's hysterical. So Reed said this really cool thing he did on Skinny's Pod this week where he talked about the possibility of Zion Williamson versus UCF. And he said if Zion Williamson dunks on Taco Fall, it will be the biggest poster moment in NCAA history. And I totally agree. So I do think UCF wins that game against VCU. Um, I think that they, the ability they have to slow, the, slow down the ball – they're so physical. I mean, Northern played them this year and really struggled with them down the stretch. VCU is pretty similar to Northern in size. Um, so I really think that that's going to be the game where they really just dominate and kick ass. Yeah, it's just hard for me to go against Duke. I mean, I know it's the favorite pick right now, but... I'm not picking UCF against I'm just Duke. Saying, and, and, and the one guy that no one's talking about right now is Cam Reddish. Like, that, that's a guy Thank that you. He, he needs to improve his stock if he wants to get a high you know, pick in the NBA draft. Like, Cam Reddish has to play well. Like... If I'm looking in the mirror right now and I'm Cam Reddish, like I got a ball out here in the NCAA tournament, or I, got, I don't know where I'm going to fall. So I think Chicago Cam Reddish Bulls. could be that one guy that they can shoot from the perimeter for Duke, which the other guys kind of struggle from three. Well, I definitely think you know he's going to be an X factor for sure. I mean, his shooting is going to keep them in a lot of games as long as he gets hot. I think that's his biggest thing is he kind of gets complacent watching RJ and Zion do everything. So you know, as long as he can get into a rhythm and stay in it consistently, I think they'll be really, really good. Let me ask you guys this real quick. Have we gotten to the point where R.J. Barrett's underrated? 
No. No, because he's still a top no. he, five yeah. pick. But he's no. never talked about. Like, literally, they're like, well, Yeah, because Zion Wilson might be like, that, I get it. That is I that, get it. Is that good? He's the, only time, that good. the only time RJ's highlighted anymore is if he has a 7 for 22 game. What yeah. about against Florida State when Zion's out of the game and RJ and Cam win that game for them? Yeah. You know, like, that Florida State team is a really good basketball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the, the thing Zion did in the ACC tournament was unbelievable. 100%. I've never seen anything like that before. Maybe Anthony Davis was the closest. And, and, that, and that's why we can't talk about everything else because he does things we haven't seen collectively as, okay. as a basketball player. Like I said, Cam is, is a really good basketball player. He'll do well at the next level. Uh, and R.J. the same way, really good players. But when you got a kid on your team like R.J. Barrett to just stand out amongst all the good talent that Duke has, it's hard for us not to talk about him. And then when you know – Honestly, he's the main court in winning. Uh, that's what makes that team very, very different and special. Well, you got a go-to bucket guy in SK for a while. Yeah. And SK, like, obviously SK is yeah. not R.J. Barrett. That's not what I'm saying here. But SK is not a Zion Williams. Right. But uh, SK was different. that guy that when you guys needed a shot, he made it. 100%. So, uh, yeah, like, S could really shoot the ball. How big is that for you to be in that situation when you're like, okay, we're down three. There's 42 seconds to go. Yeah. I've got this guy on my team. Yeah, those guys, not not only are they able to make those big-time shots, but they draw so much attention that when you got some other guys and some other guys that can make shots, it makes our jobs easier just to make those big shots uh, to help us win as well. So it was fun. Like I said, it was fun playing with SK. You learn a lot from those really good guys. You had Jordan Crawford, and Jordan was disgusting. He was super good. He's he's really good. Took a lot of shots. Um, (laughs) Took a lot. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Same. Jordan is in. He's just a bucket getter. Like he yeah. is just a walking bucket. Like I don't care who's guarding Jordan, he'll figure out how to get space. And the only reason he's missing shots is because it's on him. It's not because of the defense. Yeah. Like that's the difference between like a guy who's like good and a guy who is great offensively. Like yeah. it didn't matter who was guarding Jordan. Jordan's if Jordan's on, he's getting thirty. And that's why like in the NBA, it's like no one's stopping Kevin Durant. No one's stopping LeBron James. Like. If Kevin Durant's off, he's not going to score. If he's on, he yeah. is going to score. Like, there's guys that might bother them, but, like, at the end of the day, if, like, if you're that talented offensively, I don't care who's guarding you one-on-one. Like, if he's on, he's scoring. There's that one Jordan play I love a lot. I can't tell you the game or anything, but it's always shown in the highlight reel at the beginning of the game. Jordan's going up for a layup, and he has the ball back here. And somehow, way, he's getting fouled. He manages to take the ball like this without dropping it and put the layup in. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Jordan's the most talented offensive player I've ever played with. I mean, I can't – I'm not saying he's the most talented player I've ever seen, or like, but as far as guys I played with, Jordan Crawford was incredible. And Jordan is hysterical. Like, he is so funny. I mean, he, one of the funniest guys that I ever played with. All right, so looking at this East region, we all expect Duke to come out. No one has a complaint there. I got Michigan State. Really? Yeah. Uh, which region? Uh, Duke, the East region. So East region. Oh, yeah. so, all right, all right. I, I just you, think you trust Izzo Magic. Hasn't fared well. well I wouldn't uh, say that. I just okay. think I mean, come up a little short. No pun intended. Yeah, it's come up a little it, short recently. I mean, Nick Ward, Kenny Goins. Already. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I look what Duke thrives on. Obviously, their interior and like Trey Jones is a great on ball defender. But Michigan State like counters it with Cassius Winston, like Big Ten yep. Player of the Year, senior guard, Kenny Goins, Nick Ward. Uh, I mean, they got the size to match up with Duke. Now, like you said, they've had recently they've you know, they've been upset, or when they have talent like Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr., they don't make it out of the region they're supposed yep. to. But I have them beating Duke just because. I mean, we've all talked about it. Duke is the popular pick right now, so I try to be a different with it. But I think if it came down to it, Duke, if Duke can like if you can get ahead on Duke and make them have to rely on the three point shot. Like That's what you have to do. Barrett and Reddish, yes, they can shoot, but like they they sag off on Trey Jones, and like that's one of their weakness. Jack White went over thirty from like the last ten games for him. I just I don't know. I think Michigan State has the size with it, but if you let Duke like 
pick you apart, Zion's going to have his way, and I think they could win. But I'll, I'll take Michigan State and take my chances with that. So hey, Taylor, so do you think that we found the formula, North Carolina being – just let Zion score and do what he does and shut I mean, everybody else down? I think, I, yeah, because, I, I mean, you look at the ACC championship game. Florida State did the same thing. Like, uh, Phil Kofer was sagging off Trey Jones. Trey Jones had every look open from three. Um, he had 17 points. I mean, he balled out in the game. That's kind of, I think, why they won the game. But, yeah, I would live with Zion going for 30, 35 and try to limit RJ, Camp, Trey Jones to, like, hold under their season average. I let one guy go off, and I think you have a chance to beat Duke. It's not easy to do. I was about to say, it's a lot easier said than done. I got a question for you. Okay, so, I mean, you were a phenomenal defender at the college level. Don't I remember? Xavier Notre Dame fan, Yowzas. I remember playing you a lot. (laughs) But obviously, like, a guy like Zion, you want to give him space because he doesn't shoot that well. But, like, would you give him space? Because, like, I feel like a lot of teams give Zion five or six feet of space, and then he just – attack some north south like would you just would you just try to eat him up and just yeah. play him straight up or do you give so, him that five feet of breathing room so so what i do what i do see it, it's hard either way it's yeah. hard either way what what i think the best way to guard him is and when i'm seeing him when he gets the ball in the, in, in about 15 to 17 feet number one he's still young so he put his head down a lot and he, and he forces the issue and as he picks it up on his spin which he spins a lot and going to his jump hook it should be help there that should be a spin right in the help and it should be almost a double team simultaneously as a line. As soon as he spins, you should collapse on him. And him being a young guy, I feel like we haven't really seen how well of a passer he can be. So with that being said, I do think his mind is really on scoring. And if we was able to kind of affect him and, and maybe not always send a double team at him, but make sure he see two, then it will create some, some, uh, some confusion for him. And it will put him in a bind of do I become a passer or do I force the issue and become a scorer? And that's where I, d- I get nervous with Duke because even when you do kick it out and you pass it to the point guard, he's really hesitant on shooting perimeter shots because his job is more of getting him in offense, making assists for all those around him. So when you put Duke in that weird middle position, that gray area that they really don't like to be in, teams like North Carolina beat them and they beat them convincingly. I think that's the best way to guard him one-on-one-wise. He's just a matchup problem. So. Even if you give him space, he demands the ball. You don't give him space, he blow by you. It's a foul. I think you just need help. Yeah, I mean, I Virginia tried that in the two matchups this year. They were on that pack line defense where, yeah. like, Jay Huff and Diakite, they'd come over and double him. And, like yeah. like you said, like, some games his passing's there because he'd it's kick it out game. to Cam in the corner, like, skip pass right across. But, like you said, I'd put a freshman you in gotta, that moment all the time. You got to take your see. chances. This game is all percentages, man. So yep. you got to take your chances with the percentages of what you see statistically. Yep. Would you say they'll prepare for Zion the way you guys had to prepare for Cat? Albeit, you guys had a day. It was it, we was trying to prepare for Cat, but it was when you got Devin Booker coming off the bench. Honestly, who was in our opinion a terrific scorer, even at that point, we was worried about people off the bench. We that scout report was way too long, so. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's funny. We to was say, trying to to do what we could do, you know. I hear Chris Bosch talk about when the Heat played the Thunder, and he was like, we didn't care what Westbrook and Durant did. We prepared for Harden. So is that same thing? Same thing. Same thing. You try to eliminate, like I say, it's percentages. So you try to take away what a team does best statistically. As long as you try to take one or two things away, it's at this level, man, with these guys, it's impossible to take everything away. So you take chances, man. And honestly, make some guys settle for three-pointers. Don't let give up layups. You know, Keep people out the paint. Give yourself the best chance. All right. So let's move to the South region real quick, guys. Brad, Kevin, you guys picked Virginia to win this region. Yeah. Um, Jer- Taylor also picks them. I picked them to win the region too, but 
as we know, yeah. Villanova is really annoying in the tournament. They are. They're really annoying in general. Oh, you know, too. They yeah, are. you played the Big East against Villanova for a while. They are. They are. They just have a lot of flaws. Like, Pasco and, and Booth are really good, but... Gillespie's a, like a Gillespie, liability. Gillespie, yeah, I mean, I like Gillespie, but they need a third guy. It's either got to be Gillespie or Samuels. I mean, you're going to get it from Booth and Pasco. I don't see them getting past Purdue in the second round. I like Purdue. I like Carson Edwards. I think they're just all around a better team. Uh, Villanova bothers me. I, I, you know, I've watched them play a handful of times this year, and I, I, just, I just don't think they're there this year. I mean, as good as Booth and Pascal are, I think they can get out. St. Mary's, I think they'll be okay, but Purdue concerns me with them. We saw Xavier beat them this year. It was pretty cool. Finally. I know. Too. Finally. I think Xavier's got two wins over Villanova. Yeah. I mean, and that Villanova team last year, that was one of the best yes, college studs. teams that I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. that, was, that team was incredible. Andy Mack would always be like, oh, we're going to Philadelphia, the annual Philadelphia ass kicking. And then he'd be like, oh, Jesus, Tyreek, get the rebound. Yeah, well, watching a game with Andy Mack <laughs> is, is unique. Actually, spending any time with Andy Mack at all is very unique. But Does he, anyone know who we're talking about, by the way? Andy McWilliams, he's like a big Xavier guy. So, like, Z- so Andy is like Mr. Xavier. If you go to a game, the halftime show, Xavier's, he's the guy who's interviewing the assistant coaches. Okay. So when you work media, we were raised on, like, don't cheer, don't do anything, just, just watch the game, cover the game. Andy does not follow that rule. So, like, I was in a couple bunkers with Andy this year. They were playing, like, Butler. And he's like, oh, God damn it, yeah, baby, let's go hit some shots. And it's like the whole game he's like that. So, Brad, so Andy does not care. And Brad does every show with Andy, so he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I've done a pregame show with Andy for going on four years now. And I can tell you, Andy is one of my favorite people on the planet. But he, he's just passionate. He's diehard. He loves his team. And Andy will fight for Xavier basketball until the absolute end. He hates the ACC. He hates UC. He hates Dayton. He pretty much hates everybody <laughs> outside of Xavier. It's and true. It is, and, it's, it's, and it's incredible. I mean, he, he's funny. He's smart. He had probably the greatest Xavier call of all time uh, when they took down number one UC when he said uh, number one in the country, number two in their own city. <laughs> that one is, that's Andy Mack Williams. Absolutely. So back to where we were at. So the reason, so UC is in this region, Kevin. Yep. You obviously did not. How far did you pick this team to go? Do you think they have a shot at beating Tennessee if that's the eventual second round? I, I do. I think we always have a shot. Uh, Tennessee definitely got some some things they have to work on as well. Watching them lose against Auburn, I, I see a couple weak points about Tennessee. However, it's the tournament, and I'm pretty sure they'll be ready and geared up to go as well, knowing what they're facing. Um, but like I said, that'll be a tough game for us as well. Um, my thing is, as long as we are scoring interior and we get some bench points, I feel like we have a, a, a shot to, to beat any team in this tournament. However, that doesn't always happen for whatever what reason. Yeah. So um, I, got us, I got us coming up short against Tennessee. So let's look at this region real quick as a team, guys. Ryan, what's the matchup that really jumps out to you in this region? In the South region? Yeah. Um. Well, I'm actually going to say the St. Mary's-Villanova game. Um, I feel like with St. Mary's coming off that big win, I think uh, I think they have a good chance. Sorry, <laughs> It's all good. I think they got a good chance to make a little run, um, especially off such a big win. Um, you know, I, I still think I'm a big believer in Tennessee. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to pick against them just because yeah. they have a lot of leadership and they play a really, really cool game. Um, their defense is – is really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think St. Mary's, Villanova is probably one of those big, thing, big games that I'm looking at as an upset. 
um, just because I hate Villanova too. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone back and forth you, in that how game. How do you hate Jay Wright? That I man mean, is so well dressed. I said Villanova. Brad, he's the only guy that's good as hair of you. God, he's got great. He's just so well dressed. Great suits. Yeah, I was gonna say like. Dude, he does. He, does. Yeah. he wears some good suits yeah. out there. He's got a great jawline. Yeah, yeah, I got. I got a question though. I got. I got a tricky he does. question. He's, we call of, him. The, he's the he's the a goat dresser. Region, who who has the, the best goat. player on the team? The best player in the Who's South region. Who's the best region? player on the team in the South region? I think it's got to be DeAndre Hunter, right? Wait, the best That's player? That's not a bad pick. I'm with that. Best player in the Let's NBA see. or the best player in college? In college, Big in the dead. South Carson, region. Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards is the best player, I think, in that bracket. Carson Edwards is a freak. That dude is a stud. You like him better than DeAndre Hunter? In, at the college level, yes. Okay. Yeah, I would take Carson Edwards in college over DeAndre Hunter. Okay. That's fair. I'm not saying he's a better no, prospect. I see why. But yeah. like, he, he's I'm saying averages college, 25 yeah, a game. He, he shoots 40 times. He, com- he controls the game, though, too, and his teammates love him. They do. Well, he's yeah, because none teammate. of them can score either. Well, true. <laughs> they got some shooters around him. Though. I mean, Carson Edwards is phenomenal in one-on-one situations, and he's a complete scorer. That's I have Purdue in the Elite Eight. So obviously I'm a huge fan of Carson Edwards. I'm not. I'm staying on the Purdue Carson Edwards bandwagon until they lose to Virginia in the Elite Eight. Ryan, there you go. hot take. Who's your favorite player in the region? Who's the best player in the region? I'd probably go with Carson Edwards too. Well, you're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> so I'll, am I the only non-Carson Edwards guy in this region? Yeah. Awesome. That's cool guys. That's Thanks. Not a bad pick though. <laughs> I'm I mean, against the pick. I guess you could go Grant Williams, but I, I think it's Carson Edwards or DeAndre Hunter. And I'm still, in this region, I'm saying affecting the tournament. Because Ethan Happ's good, but you can't, tr- you can't have him on the court late games. But no, like, he'll, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, yeah. Brad Davidson's going to draw 37 charges in the tournament. I'm calling it now. I don't know how many games they'll play, but he'll draw charges. All right, so a bunch of us have Virginia in the Final Four. Where, Myself. Where do, you, where do you stand? I have Virginia. I have Virginia. We all have Virginia. We are boring. Jeez. It was really hard because I really did want to pick Tennessee. Because I really yeah. like Admiral, I, I really like Grant sure. Williams. I mean, Jordan Bones I, I, I really just, fast. About the, That's where I think Justin Jennifer is going to really struggle in that game. Tournament time um, but really, man, like Kansas State, State, I don't really like. I right oh, now am yeah, leaning towards Oregon <laughs> winning their game. We got a whole bunch of yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of lean towards what we were just now. So should be a fun matchup. What point does Jaron Cumberland not get hot? Where is it that this cutoff is? Because he's coming off. The American Championship, where he dropped 34. Yep. You've got an okay game here coming up the first round. But that Tennessee game, he's probably going to be the guy that guards Grant Williams. So is that something Schofield, you feel probably. he's – or Schofield, yeah. Yep. Is that something he's capable of? I think he we, – we, in our minds, we think that's what will happen. I think Cincinnati will actually go up to the matchup zone um, due, due to that situation. That is a very tough matchup. Uh, for Jaron Cumberland, and then for him to also have to go on the other end and score for us as well. So what we'll do in that situation, what I think he'll do is match up zone, try to slow the game down so we can keep reserve some energy so Jaron Cumberland can go and score on the offensive end. Uh, but like I say, offensively, the kid has got just about everything you need to be a great offensive player, great body. He can shoot from the perimeter. I mean, he gets the ball to the basket. Honestly, I think we best when we are hitting perimeter shots. It allows him to get in the ball in the lane and creating for others. Justin Jennifer shooting a little bit under 45%. That's my guy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Keith Williams then is able to get, get the ball downhill. I feel like once Jaron Cumberland is going and, and we hitting perimeter shots, a lot of our small role players get to going, and, and we're a really dangerous team at that point. What about Logan Johnson? What does he bring to this team in this scenario? Oh, man, just off-the-bench energy. 
when you, you know you, you you get you catch your young your older guys coming in sometimes a little too relaxed or or not not energy's not there and, and what that guy that young energy does is defensively for us helps us get out and get steals um, the kid will be really good of course he's a brother of Tyler Johnson who plays uh, what well, was with the Miami Heat I the think Suns. with the yeah. Suns now so um, basketball's in his background he'll he'll grow up and be really good for the Bearcats so. We're all so we all pick Virginia out of this, right? We don't yep. really think anyone has a chance. Maybe nope. Tennessee is their best bet. Yep. Tennessee is the best. That brings us to the Midwest, and um, like we said, I don't know if you've heard me say it throughout this show, we've got two Tar Heel fans here. Yeah. So, you guys got Murderers Row in this region. On Kentucky as the two. Every Houston year. as the three. Every year. Every year. Every year. Yes. Okay. No, but <laughs> Kansas the four. Auburn as the five. That's loaded. Yeah, and so it is I, so that's might be the loaded one. How do you feel about Auburn that region? Would be pretty, pretty good. How do you feel your chances are in that region? I think we can do it for sure. Oh yeah, they I can. think if I we think come they can out too. of it, they're gonna do it for Roy Williams. I think if we come out of it, we have to win. They're gonna make sure. Dagum, play defense. Dagum, Dagum it. Yeah, they're gonna make sure. I mean, I, I feel I feel a lot better this year than I did obviously last year. Last year, I mean, we were a two seed with about eight losses, and Texas A&M was waiting for us in the second round. So I didn't really like that, but I mean, like you said, it's a loaded bracket. Um, you get out of the first round, you play, you, you know, Utah State or Washington. Utah State likes to get in transition and run. Um, I mean, that plays right into what Carolina likes to do. So I, I mean, obviously, Washington slows it down, more of a defensive-style like style team, which could cause problems for Carolina. Um, but, I can, you know, I mean, if you get out of that, I like an Auburn-Carolina game. The over would probably be set at, like, 170, and I'd probably still take it. But other than that, I mean, they, they shoot a lot of threes. They get out in transition. Harper and Brown are pretty good guards. Um uh, Roy Williams can't beat Kansas. That's his like. I mean, that's where he came from in 03, But that's his like kryptonite. He can't beat him for some reason. So I th- if there's any a year to do that, I think it's this year. Um, and then, like you said, if you get out of that into the Elite Eight, you're looking at either you know Kentucky, a Houston, an Iowa State, a team that, and then you're lucky to get to that point, And then you're just hoping for a good game. So just so we're clear, I just realized Taylor and I did not plan to wear the same hat. Yeah. I just want to make sure we get that out of the way before yep. we talk the rest of this. Didn't call each other. Yeah, it was it was not it was a pure accident. Yeah. Um, Brad. What's what's the matchup that stands out the most to you in this region, the f- first round? Uh, first round game, uh, Auburn New Mexico State game. I mean, uh, both those teams offensively are really talented. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched a ton of New Mexico State, but I know enough about them from last year and previous years. Very offensively based, not a ton of bigs. That will be an up and down game, very high scoring. I have New Mexico State going on just because I didn't have Same. enough upsets, so I was like, screw it, I'm just going to I'm gonna move them through. And then Iowa State's kind of the one team here in the sixth seed that I think everybody should be afraid of. They play Ohio State in that first round, but Iowa State has just as much talent as any other team in that bracket. I mean, they, they really do. Like, Michael Shayok is a complete stud to transfer from Virginia. The freshman guard, uh, Tucker. Yeah. Taylor I mean, Morton. I mean, he is absolutely disgusting. Uh, they got the transfer from Nebraska, so I think Iowa State is is that one team that I've seen them play, and they look like a top five team in the country. Yeah. And then you see them the next week, and they look like a team outside the top fifty. But I if Iowa the, State puts it together; like they're capable of going all the way to the Final Four. I have them playing Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen. I think, like like you said, like one week they look great, and the other they don't. But I feel like if they put it together, I mean, they just won the Big Big Twelve. So yeah. I mean, I, I know we're I, passing I, over Houston, so I don't want. Yeah, I'm passionate over Houston. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Pa- I don't want to pass over really Houston. This is a really good team, man. I, 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 I like legit. Houston. They play really hard. Of course, I got Iowa State. I got Iowa State uh, advancing over Ohio State. Of course. Ohio State, in my opinion, shouldn't have been in it. Any Buckeyes want to speak for themselves? They snuck in at 19-14. <laughs> the 
That's hey, fine. Hey, hey uh, Mr. Tattoo over there, you want to talk about your Buckeyes? Or are you just going to, 19 you know? and 14. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At least a play-in game, right? Like a play-in game. I go to play game. I think St. John should have that spot over 14? Ohio State if we're going by 11s. Man, I, I, I agree. Do you want to see Shimori Ponds in the tournament? No? You're wrong. Yeah. St. Yeah. Yeah. John's is so bad. They're so bad, but they, they have They shouldn't be in it. They're just bad. What are we feeling about Wolford? What are we thinking? See, that was my Fletcher game McGee. I'm really looking thinking? forward to, that Wolford-Seton Hall tough. game. That yeah. Fletcher-McGee versus Miles Powell game. Yeah. You can give me that game three days a week. I'm going to watch That's, it. Yep. It's going to be a good one. So it's going to be a good one. I think Seton Hall's a better team. Okay. But I, never I think Wofford's probably – you know, when you have Fletcher, you know, he's, you know, the ultimate shooter in the NCAA right is now. Like, well, is this Wally Zerbiak reincarnated? It's Brad Redford. Who the heck is this guy? <laughs> it's Brad Redford. Wally Zerbiak, Jimmy Fredette. Is, is he on that same? Yeah. Yes. There's yeah, Brad he Redford. He's that good? Yeah. Brad. There's Patrick Sparks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, like every other guy that fits that rationale. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So Fletcher's kind of that guy. He shoots, I think, 42% from three. Yeah. So that's disgusting. So does anyone feel otherwise? This is going to be Kentucky-North Carolina Elite Eight, right? No one feels that's different? Kevin, you got, how far you got Houston? I got Houston bumping up against Kentucky Sweet 16. Okay. All right. And we'll have to see where it goes from there. <laughs> fair enough. But that'll be, that'll be a tough one for Houston. Uh only because I do feel like Kentucky is a really, really complete team. Offensively, down low, Washington's really well. Um, and Houston, that's where they lack. They don't have a lot of interior scoring. Now, they do rebound the ball really well with their guys. They play with a lot of energy. But I don't think they will sustain as far as scoring offensively uh, to keep up with a U.K. team. Can Lightning strike twice for this Kentucky team? Can they beat them again? Will they beat them again? I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Kanye Shrug. Kanye Shrug. <laughs> Well, I'm taking Kentucky, Final Four. Are you? I'm, I'm taking I'm, the Cats. All right. You I'm taking the, the Heels. I might actually have to go with UNC, man. Yeah, Final there we go. Four. There we go. They look good. They play well. They'll so if you're ready. keeping up so far, our They'll Final Four is all one seeds. We've got Duke, Virginia, North Carolina. We're like Dick Vitale oh, specialty. Okay. We threw in a two. We got Kentucky at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then we go to Gonzaga's region, the West, Ooh. which might get tricky. I don't know. This is an interesting one, man. All right, let's be obvious. Let's be honest here. The game that stands out is three versus 14. We've talked about this already. We've got NKU fans here, right? Norse up? Yeah. yeah. Woo. They're pulling the upset in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Just me? But, but if they pull an upset, they, then you the got road Buffalo. might get better. You know? Yeah. They just got to pull an upset. Yeah. Got to pull an upset, but the road isn't too bad after that. So Syracuse-Baylor is interesting because we know Syracuse is going to run the Bayheim 2-3 zone. And for some reason or another, you played against this team a million times. Why is that zone so hard to compare to other two threes? It's the length. It's the length, and they really, they really, they really stick to whatever it, the way he coaches it and the way he preaches his zone, whatever philosophy they got about themselves. These guys are sold and bought into it. And when you got five to ten kids bought into a system like that, it works really well. So, um, Syracuse, J- Jim Bayham, uh, you already know his zone is. It'll be what it is. And he's got Buddy now to hit threes for him, yep. his son. Um, so, obviously. That'll be a good game. And at 8-9, that, that was my sophomore year, us versus Purdue. That's that 8-9 game. Evenly matched up. Sometimes very similar. It'll come down to, you know, less turnovers and a big-time shot. We just found out Frank Howard suspended for Syracuse. Oh, he is? Yeah. Whew. 
So that's all right. I'm picking Baylor now. I'm changing that one real wow. quick. Here's the <laughs> game we really got to talk about yeah. in this region. This is the obvious one. This is Marquette Murray State. This that's is five twelve. That's my favorite one. This is Marcus Howard versus John Moran. This is the ultimate matchup. When I was on Mo's show mm-hmm. yesterday, I talked about this game as like my give highlight. Give me more of these games. Give me this Speed. game. Give me it. Right. Give me yes. it three times over. Yep. So. I love Marcus I like Howard. I've never shied away from that. I think he's phenomenal. I got to see him play in person this year. But, Ryan, as we've known, there's something different about Ja. The Morant States. The Morant States. I mean, I think he's probably the most, outside of Zion, the most electrifying player in the, 100%. In the tournament. I mean, he plays 100%. both sides of the, the court. You know, he's tenacious in all aspects of the game. You know, he's got great court vision. His defense is crazy. I mean, he's just, he's just exciting. So, I got a question. Yeah. If he was – Playing on the a- ACC team, does he have the same stats? Does he do the same thing? Um, Is he good as Cody White? Uh, Ooh. Two different players, I feel like, though. <laughs> two different players? I mean, obviously, they're two different people. But I think that, you know, they have different games. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like really – We know what Cody White does. So I, yeah, he, he did mean, it at the, at the level of – where I, I got to give him a lot of respect. I think yeah. what you look at with Jaws, he's definitely more of a facilitator. Okay. I mean, obviously he's almost averaging, if not is averaging, 10 assists a game. Yeah, almost. So, I mean, he can kind of do all facets of the game on offense. Kobe's going to be a bona fide scorer. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think that you kind of get this different dynamic with Ja. Um, obviously, I think it's going to be maturity, too. Okay. Um, and he has more of a drive. He has more of a feel for the game, too. Okay. So, I mean – I definitely like what Kobe does, obviously, yeah, but me too. You know, I'll, I'll take Jaw every yeah, single I'll kinda, time. Cool. I'll piggyback off that. I, like I mean, that. I think Kobe's assist numbers are high, but it's a little bit different. Morant's passing it to you know two or three different players, where Kobe's passing to Luke May or Cam Johnson or yep. Kenny Williams, who you know they're better scorers than what Murray yeah, State obviously. has. Um, Jaw takes over the game. I mean, obviously going into every single game, whoever plays Murray State, they're focusing on Jaw, trying to limit the turn or limit the scoring, limit the assist, and he still it's produces still good couple, numbers. Yeah. So. I'll give him that. I mean, the scary thing to think about is Morant and Zion Williamson played on the same AAU team growing up. Yeah. So, like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And I'd he imagine. actually thrived better when they yeah. didn't play together. Yeah, imagine playing that. That's them, when he so. became on the map was okay. after that. So. Yep. I like him. I like his game, and guy can He's really tough. play. He's a reason <laughs> really He's going top three. Yeah. So. Yeah. so, Brad and I can't talk here because we've, we've been around the team too much. Outside looking in, Norse have a shot. Yeah, I say, yeah. I mean, they shoot one up on the outside, Tyler Sharp, Drew McDonald. They got it. I mean, like Brad said at the beginning of the show, they got to hit. Like, you can't have an off night, can't have an average night. Got to have your best version of you that day. Um, limit the turnovers. I mean, anything for the upset, you got to play damn near perfect, and the other team's got to play below average. But, I mean, Texas Tech does struggle to score. I watched the West Virginia game in the Big 12 tournament where, you know, they get, they're kind of like Virginia last year, where if they get down 8 to 12 points, they kind of start panicking and they don't know, like, where they're going to get their points from. So, if NKU can get out to a lead and then kind of apply the pressure on the defensive end, I see they have a shot. But, like I said, they're going to have to play pretty perfect to get the win. So, I wouldn't say they don't have a shot, though. I'm going to piggyback off of I feel like Ohio has, like, this weird curse or something. Like, we get the worst draw. Yes. Because yeah. I would have put NKU up against a lot of other teams on here. As far <coughs> Purdue. As three <coughs> Sorry. Ooh. However, we get Texas Tech. But, um, I, you know, they, you always got a chance here in college basketball. What I do think is McDonald has to play a really, really good game. Uh, like Brad say, Tate has to play a really good game as well. And I, I, what I mean by him, I mean defensively, offensively is scoring. I mean pushing the pace, controlling tempo. He'll have to be really effective. And um, I like the one kid, I can't think of his name, but number 12. Trayvon really Faulkner. Good, really good defender. Freshman. Mr. Hits, basketball. Hit some, hit some uh, perimeter Kentucky shots. Mr. Basketball. Yeah. 
I would uh, I would like to see them come alive in that kind of game. They got three, four guys competing, man. They can always stand a chance. That's the All good right. thing about March. I'll ask this panel here if I'm wrong here because I know this is going to be very hot takey. I don't love Gonzaga. Me either. I think they Not play a horrible schedule. So I get they Bad beat Duke. Conference. But they beat Duke on the third day of Maui when they had to travel the second least of any team in Maui. They had an 18-point lead, and they only beat them by four. So they go play early. Texas. Texas has NBA players. They can't beat them. Nope. They play Carolina. They lost by, what, 13? Yep. I don't think that this team is going to be able to win a championship. I don't think Mark Few has what it takes to get this team over the hump. I don't. I, I like Gonzaga. I like them year in, year out. They keep a lot we of really disagree. good, okay. poised, right. solid interior players. However, as a unit, when it comes to March Madness, they become really inconsistent. I don't think they're going to make it past the lead eight. I got them losing pretty much to Florida State. I have Florida State also. Yeah. I mean, Zach Norvell, they have outside shooting, but you look at the WCC final against St. Mary's, they scored 46 points and got routed. So in a bad conference, it's hard to kind of retaliate from that. So, so my Elite Eight was Florida State-Michigan. And I really like that matchup for the sake of offense versus defense. But that Michigan defense is so good. But and before you get there, I got to stop you. Because after Nevada wins, the Michigan win. That's a tough one. That's a fun game. The Cody, the, the Martin twins are really good. That's Jordan a, Caroline? A, yeah, Caroline, really good. I mean, they got some NBA guys. Uh, Nevada, to me, what went to Sweet 16 or Elite 8 last year. Yeah. They got firepower under them. And these guys can really score the basketball. And the thing about them, they scary. They get hot late. When, they, they when you shoot the ball like them, have volume, when you make shots, it's like one turn into ten in a row. So, Kevin, you're uh, making me question my pick now. Yep, yep. When it comes to Nevada, uh, Nevada, Michigan, I actually got a little upset there with Nevada advancing okay. home. Yep. So your Elite Eight is Nevada, Florida State? Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. Sign me up for that game. Yeah. Anyone have anything different? I have Gonzaga. We were just talking about Nevada like really being slept on. And they, why? They you know, I, mean, I think conference. I think they did have a few bad losses when they were high ranked here. Um, but I mean, like I said, they're one of those high volume teams. When they get going, they're going. And when they down, they down. So just got to see what you got going. All right. So we're at the point now. We got about 15 minutes left before we wrap up. Um, let's go one more time, just so we have it in there before we do our Q and A. Who wins it all? I got Virginia. Carolina. Carolina. Virginia. Carolina. No Duke. I love it. <laughs> no Kentucky. I think everybody is. So Kyle Brandon here, he's one of our co-hosts. He's going to actually be hosting our Q&A real quick. So if anyone has questions for Brad and Kevin, Kyle, hi. I got one right here. Uh, it's not on, so awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> is, is it on? Garrett, Check. what are we doing? Hey, can you guys Please hear also. me? Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I have one sitting right next to me. It's our buddy Alex, and he's got a question for you. All right, so Brad, you played with Jordan Crawford. Yes. My question is, is do you have any behind-the-curtain anecdotal stories about his dunk on LeBron that was deleted from existence? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have anything. I mean, we've, that bums we, me out. Yeah, I mean, we've talked to him about it numerous times, and, like, you know, we don't have anything. It's all he's, <laughs> like, literally all that came out is all that was available. And, like, I know he tweeted about it, like, a couple weeks ago. But we literally, I have nothing on it. But, like, I, like when I saw it, I literally, it was, I mean, that's who, George, he is so freaking funny. And, like, he, if he had it now, I know that he would blast it yeah. all over the place. But he can't no, do that right now. 
So if you have a question, just feel free to raise your hand. Anything you want to do so that way we know. we got two guys who have played in this big dance before. They know what it's like. So the floor is here. All right, I got a question, actually. So in, in a one-word answer for everyone on the panel, I, I just want to go through. What is one upset that we should have on our bracket? On everyone's bracket, what's one upset we should have? First round? First round upset. First round? First round only. Norse! Tim, is your answer the Norse? I'm not scared. All right. Tim's not scared. I'm going to go with Liberty. Liberty? Liberty. Uh, Belmont. Belmont? New Mexico State. Okay. Liberty. Liberty. All right. I like it. Everyone's picking Liberty. It's not a real upset anymore. Liberty's a hot pick. Uh, Buckeyes? (laughs) No 11 seed. No Buckeyes. (laughs) Not happening. I do have a question. You guys have seen a lot of players play this year. And you've got a lot of players playing in this tournament. Who do you think will be the player of the tournament? Oh, player of the tournament. So you got it's tough. You got Ja. You got Zion. You got a, a whole bunch of different players going in. Who do you guys think will be the player of the tournament? Kind of a guy that's like a, maybe like yeah. a, slightly under the radar. Kind of under the radar. Maybe you don't know. Let me see here. Kind of like the I Jimmer mean, for. Dad. I mean, in the Midwest. I mean, Seton Hall, Miles Powell's very, very capable of, like, becoming a household name with the way that he plays. Like, he's he could go off for 30, 35 at any point. And, he, I mean, if you watch a lot of hoops, you probably know who he is. But, like, Miles Powell's very capable of being that player. I mean, Iowa State has, like, a ton of guys. I mean, Shayok, yeah. I mean, Mike, uh, Mariel Shayok, he, he is – Nasty. Like anytime I watch Shayok, he's like he's super, super special. It's like I mean those two guys in the Midwest. Um, let's see on the West, who you guys like over there? Jared Culver. So Jared Culver. No, Jared Culver. Even though he's gonna lose in the first round. Uh, MJ Walker from FSU. He's tough. He's a good wing. Yep. Let's see here. I think my like my no, biggest one the- is PJ Washington. Even though like he is pretty like a household name. Like I feel like if he. If Kentucky makes a run, it's going to be on his back. So I feel like, you know, I feel like he's underrated a little bit, even though he came back, which is not not what a lot of UK players do, but he came back for his sophomore year and really improved. So I think he's going to a improve his draft stock and then a deep tournament run can kind of help I mean, benefit him in the I mean, long run. Justin Robinson, the point guard for Virginia Tech, that's back. Like he is finally healthy. Like he's the real deal. That's real so good. I like if him. he's fully healthy and they get to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen and they play Duke. I mean, they've, they beat Duke beat without Zion, but then you add Justin Robinson to the mix, and Buzz yeah. knows how to coach. I mean, he, he could become that guy that takes down Duke. He could yep. be the guy in the last minute and a half that makes a play. So, I mean, he's a guy that could surface. And there's always going to be there's always going to be a Cinderella that pops up that nobody knows, and they're going to have one guy that just wins two games for his team. And it's, like, impossible to tell. It is. And it's like even looking at the Final Four, it's like if you're a top 25 caliber team, like, all those teams can get to the Final Four, and then I think it becomes more difficult to win those two. Yep. I went with DeAndre Hunter. I know that's not under the radar per se because he's probably going to be a top six, seven NBA draft pick. But last year, if you look at that Virginia loss to UMBC, there was no DeAndre Hunter. So when Jairus Lyles had everything going for him, they didn't have their stopper to go in and get his way. I think, honestly, I know it was a 22-point game. I think if they have Hunter last year, they don't lose to UMBC. Uh, yeah, I agree. Player of the tournament? We've talked about Fletcher, so I mean, I feel like he can definitely be one of those people who makes a run for them specifically. So, you know, you have two people in the same game who can make a run in the tournament. So, I think anybody coming out of that game is definitely somebody to look out for. 
right, we have literally we got like five minutes. If anyone has any questions, by all means, we're happy to answer them. Yes. Yes. You. I have a question. It's a two-part question. What is your 12-5 upset this year? And then who is the prospect that might be late lottery, might be in the 20s, who can shoot up draft boards by balling outrageous Cam Johnson in the tournament? I'm taking Liberty as my 5-12 win. Okay. Although I really want to do Oregon. I really like Oregon to win that game, but I'm going to stick with Liberty. Yeah, Oregon would be mine. Oregon and Cam Johnson. I like Murray State, and then kind of like he said, piggyback Cam Johnson. He was a grad transfer from Pittsburgh, came in for Carolina, shoot over 40% from three. They got him going. Beginning of the year, they had him like late first round, early second. Now they got him like 20, 21 to the Thunder. So so I guess I forgot my player. That'd be Tyler Hero. Yep. I think if Tyler Hero gets hot, Kentucky's unstoppable just about. I like New Mexico State over Auburn. I mean, I, I think Auburn winning the SEC championship is, I mean, it's obviously incredible, and it's such a big accomplishment. I, I think it's going to be hard for them to turn the page and play against a team that's really good, veteran-led. I think, I mean, Fletcher McGee, I don't know where he is right now on, on draft stocks. So, I mean, he could play his way in. I mean, you think of DiVincenzo last year with Villanova. I mean, maybe Fletcher's on a similar path as him. Uh, but I guess those would be I'm my two. I'm 5-12. to 12. I'm going to have to go with Murray State as well. And yeah. And I, I, I'm going to have to agree, agree, with, agree with Brad on Fletcher as well. Not very high, but very capable at the next level. Um, if you have a really good tournament, I feel like his stock will go up. So um, kudos to him. I, I had a question. It seems like everyone's picking a one or a two seed this year. It seems like it's the most chalk I've ever seen a bracket. Um, not a ton of crazy uh, winners out there. If you had to pick a winner, a national championship winner, that's not a one or a two seed, who are you going to pick that's a three or below? I'm going with Auburn. I mean, okay. they live and die by the three, but they can literally live with the three. I feel like they can get hot. I mean, I, I feel like they can get hot. I know Brad's not real big on them, but I think that they're one of those teams that if they hit the right stride, they can definitely make it to the tournament or to the championship. I'll go with Florida State. Uh, they're a pretty deep team. I mean, they made to the ACC final. They knocked off Virginia. Um, they, they were a shot away from beating Duke in the regular season, lost in the ACC championship to them. Uh, they're a deep team. Their best player. Their leading scorer comes off the bench. Um, they got, like, two or three NBA players. They were in the Elite Eight last year. And so I think experience kind of helps. So I think – I mean, I always look in the tournament, A, point guards, and B, like, just NBA talent, like, if they're there. And so, I mean, I have them losing to Gonzaga, but I would be surprised if they make it to the Final Four. And then, when, like Brad said, when you get there, it's just – two games if anything happens so i'm personally gonna gonna pick villanova nova always uh when it comes when it comes tournament time man they they come prepared jay wright always had those guys ready and, and it's always a balanced team they always good a little bit of everywhere and they you know all teams we got our struggles but they know how to hide a, a, little, a little bit uh during this time and period of basketball so i think nova has a chance and, and i'm looking in the south i mean you know, it, it, they got a chance. They got a chance just amongst any other team in the South here. So um, I see Nova making a, a weird run here. So we talk about depth, experience, things like that. I know that they're down a couple of players, but do we forget Kansas Open as the number one team in the country? Like, I think people seem to forget that they're a good basketball team. I know they had a rough year. They didn't win the Big 12 for the first time in a long time, but they still have players. Dedrick Lawson's still a really good player. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, you know. Devin Dotson. So yeah. it's, I, I really think, you know, if we're going to take a team that's not a one or two, Kansas has to be one of those teams you look at. I mean, they have everything 100%. there. They have a great coach. 
albeit there might be some bags that have been dropped, some investigations might happen, but overall, you know, I think Kansas is a team you got to look at. Man, I, I, I hate I, Texas Tech. I think can get there. I mean, I. But they're not going to win the first round, Brad. Yeah, I mean, I, Chris Beard is such a good coach, and they went to the Elite Eight last year. They have an NBA guy in Jarrett Culver. They really dominate the pace on the defensive side of the floor, and they control tempo. So they make games really ugly, and they're pretty talented. Like they kind of remind me a little bit of like the Wisconsin teams with Bo Ryan, where they just kind of controlled pace and they had enough talent to get it done. I think to win a national title, though, you got to have lottery talent. So like I, I'll never pick a team to win the national title without at least one lottery guy, because it's just it's just very rare. Like you're very rarely going to have a team win a national title without a lottery guy. So, but Final Four wise. That's what's hard about the seeding is, like, if, say, like, Nevada had a number one seed, like, maybe I would pick them to go to the Final Four just based on who they play. So, like, when you look at the bracket, and probably sometimes because, like, I watch so much basketball, I look, like, too logically. But if, like, Nevada's a number one seed, and they're definitely in my Elite Eight, and then maybe they're in the Final Four. So I think that's what's challenging is, like, are you going to take a seven seed to the Final Four when they very well could lose their first game? So I think that's yeah. like when you look at the bracket from like it's but just are, hard to. But they are very capable because those sevens are very capable of. When you look at but the it, season and you look at them, it's like. Were you a seven before? You know, I was. You know? <laughs> so I got to speak about that. You know, <laughs> seven is just like, as good as a one sometimes. The last, diamond like, in the rough. The last you know? four years, there's been a team at least six or lower that yeah. made the final four. So it's and like there's yeah. probably going to be one again. But yeah. it's like, how do you pick it? Yeah, because it could it could be a six in any region. So like, I'm going to stick with my. My teams that are expected to win just because logically it makes sense. That's why I they're get, a six I, seed for a reason. Like, that's why because, I get beat by people that never watch basketball. Because last year, did we think, think Loyola? Did anybody up here have Loyola? I had them. Beating I had them Miami. beating Miami, and that okay, was you did. I that had was them it. Sweet sixteen. You had them sweet sixteen. Had them sweet okay. 16 okay. okay. All right. So we got so time who for is that Loyola on 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 here? NKU. A ten seed or better. NKU. NKU. Belmont. NKU. Belmont. New Mexico Belmont. State and Belmont. I'm not backing Belmont. down. That's they might lose, one. but I'm not backing down. I like Belmont. I like Belmont. And they're hot now. They won last night. They got the momentum going yep. for them, so they can keep it going. All right, we got time for one more before we wrap up. Everyone's got one more. Going once. Going twice. Guys, we good? Awesome. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for doing this with us, coming thank out. You. Appreciate it. Um, this turned thank out a lot guys. better than we thought it would. Thank you for helping us contribute to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That's something my family and I are really passionate about. Um, Brad's already promised to play Papa Shot against anyone who's up for all comers. He wants we got that the machine smoke. over here. Kevin, you hanging out for a little bit? Awesome. Thank you all again. And if you are, don't know already, um, over here we've got our, our business cards. You can scan if you're an iPhone or Android user if you want to catch up with 48 Minutes Network. We've got stickers for you. Um, we're really excited about everything. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the tournament. Thank you all for giving me my one shining moment. Have a good night, everyone.